0: from Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. Yesterday, Victorians were told that the state's seven-day circuit breaker lockdown would be extended for another week, as health authorities race to contain the latest COVID-19 outbreak. It's the fourth lockdown in the state since the start of the pandemic, and now questions are being asked about why Victoria in particular seem so susceptible to the spread of the virus. Today, a health columnist at the Saturday Paper, Melanie Chang, on what went wrong this time and what it will take to control this outbreak. Melanie, just last week, you told us that if vaccination rates did not start increasing and if complacency in the community continued, we could see another outbreak and potentially a third wave. It kind of seems like you predicted what might happen in Victoria.
1: Uh, Unfortunately, yes. Um, I suppose I knew that we were vulnerable because of people not getting tested early not checking into venues and these low vaccination rates, in addition to this highly contagious variant of concern in hotel quarantine. And our podcast aired on Monday the 24th of May, and it was later that afternoon, in fact, that two cases of community transmission were announced in Victoria.
2: Good afternoon. We've just learned of a fresh COVID outbreak in Melbourne, four infections detected in the city's northern suburbs.
1: And since that time, things have got worse.
2: Thousands of people being told to self-isolate and get tested with 10 new venues listed as exposure sites.
1: Unfortunately, we've had exposure lists growing by the day. They're including shops and workplaces, cafes, gyms, and most worryingly, a series of bars along the Chapel Street nightclub strip. We've had tens of thousands of primary and secondary contacts having to be in a mandatory quarantine. And more recently, of course, we've gone into a quite severe lockdown.
2: From 11.59 p.m. tonight, Victoria will enter a seven day circuit breaker lockdown.
1: And um, even more recently, we've had a mystery case which then led to an outbreak in aged care. Aged care homes in Melbourne are once again on the COVID front line. Two facilities have recorded
0: infections, with three workers and a resident testing positive.
2: The next few days remain critical, and I want to be really clear with everyone uh, that this outbreak may well get worse before it gets better.
0: And I think the question a lot of people have right now is why is this happening in Victoria again? Is this down to bad luck or is it bad management? What is going on here? Why does Victoria keep seeing the worst of this?
1: I think each outbreak is actually quite unique and I certainly have found it useful to think of outbreaks using um, the Swiss cheese model of um, incident causation So that's a model that's used in some areas of medicine, like anaesthetic. And basically in the Swiss cheese model, human systems are imagined as slices of Swiss cheese stacked side by side. And if you have a hole in just one layer, it won't lead to a failure. But if you have holes in multiple layers, then that will, and a failure in this um, circumstance is an outbreak. So in the case of this particular outbreak in Victoria, I I think there were really five main layers and a hole in each of them.
0: Right. So can you talk me through those five layers then and those five problems that we're now seeing which have led to us being in this position?
1: Yeah, sure. So I think um, obviously the first layer is our hotel quarantine that's meant to protect us from um, the virus coming in from overseas. And in this outbreak, the breach occurred in South Australia, and that was due to aerosol transmission occurring between residents in neighbouring rooms. The second main layer of our defence is contact tracing. And we now know that there was a link that was missed in the tracing of the wallet man who travelled from South Australia. Another layer in our defence is um, testing. We know that several early cases in this outbreak, it takes some time to present for testing. And and that was um, consistent with my experience as a GP as well, seeing people with a lot of respiratory illness that just assumed it couldn't be COVID. And then there's um, social distancing measures. Um, and at the time that this outbreak occurred, there were really minimal restrictions in place in, in Victoria. And the last layer, which is our a, a new layer, um, as of, you know, this year, is vaccination. Some of the problems there um, with a, a very slow rollout, a lack of urgency, and also, of course, hesitancy within the population. But I haven't really spoken to why um, Victoria specifically has um, suffered the, the brunt of the outbreaks and lockdowns in Australia some of the other factors that you know have been offered by experts pointed to you know the lack of a centralized qr system that perhaps could be improved including with its enforcement and and the other of course major reason that comes up a lot is um, our weather obviously we are one of the colder states and melbourne is the biggest cold city in in the country. So I think those are all the kind of reasons why perhaps Victoria has unfortunately borne the brunt of this. Um, But there's also an element of luck, of course, as well.
0: Mm -hmm. And so, Melanie, all of this leads us to the lockdown, which was announced last Thursday that announcement was that the entire state would shut down for seven days and in the days that followed there was a lot of concern I think that restrictions would go on and and last longer than that one week.
1: Yeah I think um, that perhaps authorities in the very early stages of this did think that seven days would be enough.
2: If we can ease those restrictions earlier we will but this is a seven day circuit breaker lockdown. So from 11:50. 59...
1: This is the first experience that Australia's had with this variant of concern that originated in India.
2: Um, our public health experts' primary concern is just how fast this variant is moving.
1: And now of course we know that the lockdown has been extended.
2: It's why, on the advice of the Chief Health Officer Professor Sutton, the current restrictions remain in place for Melbourne for a further seven days with some small changes. In the end, this is about saving lives.
0: We'll be back in a moment. Need a reminder of what political leadership looks like? Australia's master of political satire, Jonathan Biggins, is back embodying the iconic Paul Keating visionary, reformer and rabble-rouser. Due to overwhelming demand, one-man comedy The Gospel According to Paul is returning to the Opera House on from the 4th to 23rd of June for its final term ever. Secure your tickets now at sydneyoperahouse.com for an unforgettable evening. For long-time editor Winnie Dunn, there were a few rules she followed when
1: writing her debut novel.
0: I really don't subscribe to writing for the sake of, you know, trauma dumping or getting your trauma out. That's what a therapist is for. Please, <laughs> please go see a therapist. We're very that's... pro-therapy on yeah. Read yeah, <laughs> if, I... if that's what you're using writing for. I'm Michael Williams, and on this week's very therapeutic episode of Read This, I chat with Winnie Dunn. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Melanie, Victoria's lockdown has just been extended for another seven days, the big fear here is obviously that this will continue on and turn into a third wave and another extended lockdown like the one that we saw last year. So how likely is that to eventuate? How bad are things in Victoria right now?
1: I think um, having spoken to, you know, patients um, during this lockdown, there is a lot of anxiety, understandably, amongst Victorians about this outbreak being a, a repeat of what we saw in 2020 and a really extended, severe lockdown. But, you know, I think we learnt a lot from, from that situation last year, and a lot has changed in Victoria in terms of its public health response. So, so for that reason, I think we are better placed to, to deal with this. Um, in 2020, we, we took a long time to, to lock down I distinctly remember that I was in Healesville around the time that we were having 70 cases a day and it was only then that we were doing localised lockdowns. So the rest of Melbourne was still moving quite freely when we had 70 cases a day. So we know that in 2020 we didn't, for instance, have a good surge capacity for testing. I personally remember having a test done in the middle of that outbreak and the result taking, you know, up to three days to come back, even though I was supposedly priority as a health worker. Whereas now the surge capacity for our testing is is quite amazing, you know, up to 57,000 tests in a, in a 24-hour period. So there's been some massive improvements there. Um, the other issue is, you know, the bolstering of our, like, contact tracing. So our system itself has improved in becoming, instead of paper-based we now have a digitised system which is, is much more efficient. We've also moved away from centralised contact tracing to decentralised tracing with local hubs and local expertise.
0: And I just want to follow up on what you're saying about contact tracing because, as we know, one of the biggest criticisms of the last time around was this lack of of contact tracing ability in Victoria. So are you saying that things have improved enough in this space that this and any other potential future outbreaks can be traced adequately?
1: I think we're in a in a much better position
2: than we were. With more numbers today uh, coming through, uh, you know, we're neck and neck with this uh, virus and it's a, it's an absolute beast.
1: So this week, Brett Sutton said we were keeping neck and neck with this virus, which contrasts with last year where I think a lot of the discourse around the outbreak was that we our contact traces were being overwhelmed.
2: Uh, it's been a huge response. We've got uh, thousands of uh, primary close contacts being followed up, but they're being followed up uh, in absolutely record time. Uh,
1: and it's quite clear from the inquiry into the pandemic response last year that one of the major factors in our second wave was um, deficiencies in the contact tracing. At the beginning of the pandemic in, in March 2020, there were only 14 contact tracers in Victoria. Um, whereas now we have a much bigger group of contact tracers, and we also have a surge capacity. So in a similar way with the testing, we can increase those numbers quickly. And similarly, with the exposure site detail, we weren't getting that last year either. So we we certainly have have improved those systems.
0: Mm -hmm. So it does sound like we have learnt some of those important lessons from the long lockdown last year, but despite the improvements to our public health system that you're detailing, we are still in a situation with another outbreak and another lockdown, and it does still seem like Victoria is more susceptible than other parts of Australia. So is that just a sign that it doesn't really matter how good our systems are, we are always Going to be vulnerable.
1: Uh, of course, to some degree, we are vulnerable because this is a global pandemic, and um, as long as the virus exists, and particularly as it's mutating, there there will be these risk of outbreaks. So, yeah, there's been a lot of talk recently, um, particularly with the hotel quarantine. So, on average, we're having a breach every one to two weeks, and that they're probably going to continue as long as we continue with hotel quarantine. And so purpose-built quarantine facilities are likely to reduce the chance of those leaks. And, of course, now um, encouraging people to go out and, and get vaccinated. These are all the things that we can do to improve those layers in that Swiss cheese model so that it, we don't get another failure.
0: And just on vaccinations, Melanie, when we spoke last week, we talked a lot about vaccine complacency, people coming to your GP clinic saying they weren't sure um, about the vaccine and, and when they would actually go and get vaccinated. But we are seeing a lot of people now, I think spurred on by what's happening in Victoria, queuing up to get vaccinated. And we've also seen it become available to another segment of the population. So is this cause for optimism?
1: Oh, I think definitely. I'm disappointed that it took an outbreak for um, us to get to, to lose some of that hesitancy and get vaccinated. But I'm, I'm still pleased that people are getting out and, and doing that. So, of course, um, this will all hold us in good stead for the next outbreak. And if we've learned anything, we know that there, there almost certainly will be a next outbreak.
0: Um, A warning to remember,
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Mel. Mel, thank you so much for your time. No worries. Thanks again for having me.
0: Sydney Dance Company explodes on stage with Mementa. This world premiere by acclaimed choreographer Raphael Bonicella is unmissable contemporary dance. Strictly limited season from the 28th of May to the 8th of June. Book now at sydneydancecompany.com. Also in the news today, Victoria's second seven day lockdown begins at midnight tonight with slightly changed restrictions. The five kilometre radius around the home has been increased to 10 kilometres and restrictions in regional Victoria will ease. At this stage, it seems the outbreak has not spread to New South Wales, though the south coast of the state is on high alert. New South Wales health authorities have listed some exposure sites after a Victorian man and his family who holidayed at Jervis Bay tested positive. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow.